Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, author and illustrator Brenda Jones. They're equally at home in country ditches, the deepest woods, and cracks in city sidewalks everywhere in Atlantic Canada. Wild plants and their flowers. They can bring you pleasure swaying in a field. They can set your teeth on edge when you find them invading your garden. They can harm and they can heal. Brenda Jones is the author and illustrator of Medicinal Herbs of Eastern Canada, a pictorial manual a new book that can not only help you learn how to identify the region's most common wild plants, but also connect modern and traditional uses of their roots, leaves, and flowers. Brenda, welcome to Book Me. Well, thank you. It's nice to talk to you. You've had a very uh, varied career. You worked in animation with the National Film Board, and your children's books like Bud the Spud and Skunks for Breakfast and others have been very popular for years. What set you on this path to write and illustrate a manual on medicinal herbs? Well, I was uh, living in Montreal for 30 years doing animation, and I was finding I had a lot of uh, health issues that were starting to show up. A lot of it was stress and just being away from nature and being unable to, to be close to nature, you know, and being able to walk in the fields and uh, see the ocean and everything. And uh, I found it fairly stressful being away from Prince Edward Island, which is where I grew up. I finally decided that I was moving back and I built a cottage on the south shore of Prince Edward Island um, 15 years ago. When I uh, moved down there, I began walking a lot in the area and exploring the fields, picking wildflowers, and um, I realized that a lot of the flowers that I was picking were medicinal. And I began collecting books and uh, information, trying to identify them. And uh, it was quite difficult because a lot of the books that are out there are more for herbs that are grown in the U.S. or in Europe. And there were very, very few of them, apart from field guides, that were focused on eastern Canada. So I thought, um, well... I'll just draw my own pictures to help me identify these herbs, and maybe I'll find things that will help me with my own problems of uh, insomnia. I had uh, chronic problems for several years sleeping, and that was my main focus, was looking for something to help me. When I started researching all these things, I, I ended up uh, with binders full of information that I had collected on the internet and through books. And I had a stack of books probably uh, 10 feet high. <laughs> so <laughs> I realized at that point that this was really interesting. So I, I got into it more full time since I retired. And in the last five or six years, I, I was uh, accumulating a lot of drawings and paintings. And I approached my publisher at Nimbus and asked her if uh, this might be something that she would be interested in. And she said yes. So I started really seriously trying to um, put together a book. It took me a, a good five, six years to finish it. Well, t tell uh, me uh, about your relationship with the people in uh, Ukbiganjik. Eel River Bar First Nation in northeastern New Brunswick. How have they influenced your book on medicinal herbs of eastern Canada? 
I was just so impressed with their closeness with nature there, just the way that they connect with plants and the animals. It opened my eyes to a different way of looking at these uh, growing things and how disconnected I had been from them. How frequently do they resort to herbal remedies from these wild plants? Most of the people there use them all the time, I think. I'm not sure just how often they actually go to doctors, but they use the herbal remedies uh, quite frequently. And they have a, a woman who makes up herbal remedies and knows all about them. And she was teaching our course that I was taking there. And her knowledge of uh, the plants around us was just phenomenal. So, so you started uh, learning about things like tinctures and decoctions and liniments. Yes, yes. There were a lot of uh, a lot of different preparations that they used. In one session where we were making uh, bear grease that they had boiled up, they use it as a salve and uh, things like that. We made uh, a lot of uh, tinctures and some uh, infused oils and uh, things like that that were quite useful. People might be familiar with the, the very imaginative uh, styles you used illustrating your children's books, but what was it like to take a more realistic approach with things like bayberry and cow's parsnip? Oh, I, I, um, I'm really in my element when it comes to detail and things like that. I, I just love uh, the details of the flowers and the leaves. It fascinates me how perfect these plants are, <laughs> and uh, I just found it really interesting to, to look at them up close and, and see all the different textures and uh, patterns in the flowers and the leaves. How much time did you spend tramping around the, the marshes and the forests and the coastlands in, in researching this book? Oh, quite a bit of time. It was uh, difficult. Certain seasons are quite buggy. <laughs> it's usually just the spring where, where all of the flowers come out and all of the, the black flies and mosquitoes are out at the same time. But uh, my husband and I were trekking through marshes and uh, woods and fields uh, looking for these plants. And uh, some of them I had to just rely on my own research. But uh, it was quite a lot of fun, actually, because you discover new places and you know where to go get them the next time. What are some of the plants uh, that people should learn about just so they uh, don't get some nasty skin reactions, for instance? Well, I put a whole section in the, at the back of my book on uh, poisonous plants, and the worst problem, I think, are, are the ones in the uh, carrot family, which look uh, a lot like Queen Anne's lace and things right. like that. But there, there are others like cow parsnip and uh, giant hogweed and... And, uh, and the giant hogweed really is a giant. Oh, yes, yes, it's huge. And it's uh, extremely important not to pull these plants unless you know exactly what it, what it is you're pulling because you can end up with some nasty burns. Angelica, which is, uh, is in that same family, is not poisonous. And you uh, have to be very careful that what you're picking is uh, exactly angelica and not something else because it resembles cow parsnip quite a bit. This is the reason I wanted to do this book is because it's sometimes very difficult to identify them properly. With a field guide, uh, you have a small picture that's maybe a couple of inches wide, and you trying to identify a plant from that is quite difficult. So that's why I thought I would do the, uh, the illustrations. At least you get a picture of how the plant looks in different seasons and uh, the roots and the flowers and 
you have a better idea of what it is you're looking at. And there's a whole vocabulary used to describe the properties of these wild plants, <laughs> and uh, you very helpfully supplied a glossary. I think people might be familiar with some of the terms used to describe properties of pharmaceuticals. We hear about anti-inflammatories and hypnotics, but there are so many other terms, such as, uh, well, I'll just pick a couple at random from your glossary, carminative and parturient. What do they mean? Well, a carminative is uh, something you take to when you have the stomach pains or, you know, indigestion. It's... Uh, releases gas, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> if you feel bloated after a meal or something, it, it's useful to uh, take a carminative. Parturient is something that helps the birthing process, like a raspberry leaf is one of the ones that people take quite often to help with contractions and things like that. So uh, there's quite a few of them out there that are quite helpful. Now, you're very clear about the fact that you're not prescribing any uses, but you're just describing traditional uses. Oh, yes. It's, uh, presently, I'm not a certified herbalist. I'm working towards it right now, but uh, that won't be for another year or so. But uh, I'm very clear with uh, the fact that I'm just a folk herbalist. And these are suggestions and uh, things that you can use uh, that are not harmful to the body unless uh, it's indicated. Herbs are good for a lot of things, not a, a replacement for medical consultations or things like that. And finally, you've even included some, I guess, folkloric information about certain plants. Yeah, well, these plants have a, a very long history. I mean, they've been used for thousands of years, and uh, the folklore surrounding them is, uh, is often quite interesting. And, uh, for instance, uh, Queen Anne's Lace, because of the um, tiny red flower in the middle of it, the folklore surrounding it was um, about a legend of uh, Queen Anne who uh, pricked her finger while making lace and a drop of blood fell on the lace and uh, that was uh, the name that was given to this flower. So, Although the flower had been around a good long time before Queen Anne ever existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's folklore around a lot of these, uh, like St. John's word as well. It was connected with um, St. John the Baptist to chase away evil spirits. In medieval times, the women would pick the herb on St. John's Eve with the, the dew still on the leaves, and it was believed it would help them find a husband. So <laughs> there, there are a lot of... Uh, you know. And chase away, chase away the bad prospects. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Brenda, thank you very much for uh, speaking with me on Book Me. Well, thank you very much for uh, talking with me. It was a pleasure. Brenda Jones is the author and illustrator of Medicinal Herbs of Eastern Canada, a pictorial manual. It's published by Nimbus. If you want to hear more conversations with authors, illustrators, editors, and designers who create books in Atlantic Canada, you've come to the right place. We have dozens on bookmepodcast.ca. Pass the word. If you'd like to comment on a podcast like today's with Brenda Jones, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. We post alerts on Instagram and Twitter whenever we have a new one. Now, if you're in the Lunenburg County area in Nova Scotia, our podcasts magically turn into broadcasts every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU, 93.7 FM, just before sign-off around 9 o'clock. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. 
Our producer is Robin Grant, and our digital whiz is Laura Hines. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read. Thank you.